Hey, Donnie here. I wanted to tell you about Champions 90. Champions 90 isn't a workout routine or a fitness routine. This is about you transforming your life mentally, giving yourself an upgrade while you build to business freedom. Champions 90 is about you getting quiet with your thoughts, staying focused on building your business, and getting you to freedom. Come join the challenge at champions90.com. Life will be there waiting for you. So it's okay to go take a year off and go explore because the confidence that it builds in yourself and the resilience that it creates within you and that determination, that focus, and the commitment that you make to yourself is all the internal core values that you need in yourself to then go and launch into that next big dream that's going to actually monetize and create a lifestyle for you. Those are critical, critical components to your character. You're listening to Donnie Success Champions, where I believe everybody is on a journey. Life is all about the stories you can tell and teach later. You're going to hear the stories of people who have overcome hardships, failures, and life to find success along their journey. All right, guys, I'm really excited for this one. I'm your host, Donnie Bovine, and I'm bringing on Miss Terry Rose. And so this is going to be a fun conversation. We've chatted. We've talked. I've made fun of her a little bit. Well, not really, but I will be. So, Miss Terry, welcome to the show, my dear. Please, please tell us your story. Good morning, Donnie. Wow, thank you so much for having me. So my story really starts with leaving corporate and taking a big, huge leap of faith and just deciding to just launch totally, as I say, tits out, you know, like you say, (laughs) and go full time. I've been an entrepreneur part time over the last 20 years. And in my post-divorce of nine years, seven of those years, I had to re-enter the workforce. I was laid off three times. Mm. And most recently in May, I was called in on my 91st day, what I thought was going to be my dream job. And was surprisingly let go. Oh. And I know it was the hand of the universe and God that reached down and just said, no, this isn't the place for you. I've been training you all your life, and now it's your time. Let's go. It's time to launch this. And so I decided to decide at that point that was the last time someone was controlling my destiny. And just have decided to totally launch full-time into my coaching business. Big dream and support those people, men and women, through divorce, separation, and empty nesting. Awesome. Awesome. So, so you took the plunge one kudos for taking a massive plunge because, you know, it takes a really big level of courage to say, I'm going to go in and bet on me and not many people are willing to do that. So proud of you. Well done for that. So you played the corporate game for, for many, many years. What roles, what positions, you know, where were you at through that corporate ride? So I graduated from Chico State here in California with a bachelor's degree in finance. Wait, there's a place called Chico State? That's a thing? Yes. Cal State University Chico in California. It's a big party school. People (laughs) have heard of it as a party school. Had a lot of fun there. Anyway, graduated with my bachelor's degree in business administration finance. And I grew up in Silicon Valley. And when I got out of college, I went back home and got my first job with Hewlett Packard. 
And that took me down the accounting road. And so from there, I built a career in my 20s up to a senior accountant's level. But I'd always had a dream of being a stay-at-home mom and marriage, wife, family, the whole, that was my big dream at that time. And so when I got married and we had our first child, I did quit corporate world in 1998. And I stayed at home for 11 of my 13 years of marriage. Now, at that time, there wasn't an internet. But then I chose to leave my marriage after 13 years and had to re-enter the workforce when there was something called an internet. So I had a bit of a, a little learning curve there. And also my counterparts had been working for 11 years that um, I had to kind of compete with. But I ended up getting back into the workforce as a financial controller. And then I, I left the workforce as a financial controller and HR manager. So I was hired to work for companies with 50 or less employees with over about $10 million, anywhere from $2 million to $10 million in sales revenue, and was the financial controller and HR manager for those companies. So you went bean counter route and accounting to HR. How the hell did you end up in an accounting role from a party school? I mean, I know as a kid, there was at no point did you, you know, the teacher say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you jumped and screamed and said, I'm going to be an accountant. You know, why accounting? Well, you know, it's funny because my degree was in finance where you study estate planning, stocks and bonds, the stock market, and wills and trusts. But when I got out into the real world, when I would apply for jobs, the only things that were being offered to me were sales jobs like that were financial planners, mm -hmm. and you got a real low base salary with commission. And I just wanted a steady paycheck. So I didn't want to go that route. And when I went back home to Silicon Valley, Hewlett Packard, um, they equated a lot, a lot of those big companies, IBM and all that back then, equated a finance degree to be equivalent to get you into the, the door for accounting. So Hewlett Packard gave me my first job and I was an AP accounts payable specialist. And back then when you got a job with Hewlett Packard, you had a job for life. Right. You worked 20 something years, retire, and you know, you were good to go. Now I am not just a bean counter. I love people and I've always been in love with love and loving people up and helping people um, excel to their great, their own inner greatness ever since I can remember playing Barbies. That's just what I did. <laughs> so I knew if I don't do something now, I'm going to climb this corporate ladder and end up going that accelerated rate. So I actually ended up quitting HP after a year and a half. And I had a Toyota 4x4 and jumped in my truck and put a camper shell on it and got all the AAA maps I could and camping books. And I set out to just discover my own self in the world, and I traveled in my truck camping out across the United States and Canada by myself. Wait, you would went and did a Euro trip across the U.S. with I a truck and a capper shell? I did in Canada, yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it was the greatest school of life. I mean, it was a whole other education, really defining who I wanted to be in, in the world. And, and what years was this? So this was, I don't know, about 26, so I don't want to do the mental math right now, but I'm thinking... I got back in 91, so it was 1990. Okay. That makes sense that it was early 90s because, you know, as I was growing up and getting into the late 90s, early 2000s, the mere thought of a woman going across the U.S. on her own is crazy. Everybody thought I was crazy. Well, I, I mean, there, there's a little bit of craziness to you that, you know, you want to take a truck across, you know, the U.S. and Canada, That's but that's awesome. Yeah. And then, so anyway, when I came back from that, I also learned to be a whitewater river guide while I was gone. And when I came back, I didn't want to go back home and live at home. 
so that's when I moved in here to Sacramento and re-entered the workforce and got another job being an accountant and then worked my way up to senior accountant. And here I was at 26 years old, supervising people older than myself. That was an interesting dynamic in itself. And I always did it from a place of my leadership style is always from empowerment and I'll teach you everything I know and grow you up. So, and then from there, I ended up getting married, meeting my husband at the time and have starting our family. So then I left the workforce in 1998. So, how do you go from corporate finance, you know, AP accounts payable to world traveling hippie in the back of a truck with a camper shell on, then back into the accounting world? I mean, that dynamic, I mean, usually when people go hippie, they go full. Like, and I'm not using hippie as a bad word. I love the spirit that people, you know, jump in and go, go after that lifestyle. What was going on in your mind that you really said, okay, I've got to go back into corporate America? What, did you feel like you lost part of your soul when you did that? No, not that I lose part of my soul. There's just a part of me that, you know, I have a lot of goals and I have a lot. I, I'm very focused with vision and I believe in the power of manifesting and the law of attraction and the power of our thoughts create results. So choose them wisely. And so I'd always had the dream of being married and having a family. And I knew that being out, setting out into the world, you know, I, I was meeting great people and I actually ended up on the East coast and dated a guy for a while, but just discovered that that's a real small town minded environment. And I'm a big dreaming girl. So I ended up hightailing it back home and just starting back into my profession. And then I met my, I met my husband at that time pretty quick after that. And we got married and started our family. And that was always my dream was to stay at home. So uh, we were able to accomplish that. And I'm forever grateful that he was able to provide that for us for so long. And, but when it didn't work out, I had launched back into the, the corporate world again. Right. Well, what I love about that is you got to live a dream that I've always wanted, which is to be yeah. able to stay at home because yep. I, I, my, my wife looked at me and said, no way in hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what also, what also really did it for me is when I graduated from college, my elders were getting to the age of their 70, 75, starting to say things to me like, Oh, if I had to do my life over it again with regret, they would do things differently. And so it was at that turning point moment in my life. I said, I am not going to live my life that way. I'm going to make sure I live it so that I don't live with any regret. And I truly believe with every step I've taken, with all the pain, all the joy, all the achievements and accomplishments and failures, it's made me who I am today. And I wouldn't change any of it, any That's of it. Awesome. And so I lived with that moral compass for myself. And I'm really proud to say that I do not live a life with regret. And so now I stare in the faces of my kids who are 20 and soon to be 18 and their friends. And I, when they have their dreams and everyone else is telling them, no, go do this, go do that. I'm like, go follow your dream. Go follow your passion. Go out there and travel and find out who you are because you can always come back. But if you don't do it now, life's responsibilities are just going to take you another path. So, Yeah, no kidding. So here's the interesting thing is when I was in the Marine Corps, I'd get young troops that would come up to me all the time, and there was opportunity to be deployed overseas and go experience different countries, different cultures, and a lot of them would freak out on me. You know, 
they didn't want to travel overseas, they didn't want to experience the world, I love the fact that you're encouraging your kids to go do that because most parents won't. Why specifically are you really telling them to jump in and go? Because life will be there waiting for you. So it's okay to go take a year off and go explore because the confidence that it builds in yourself and the resilience that it creates within you and that determination, that focus, and the commitment that you make to yourself is all the internal core values that you need in yourself to then go and launch into that next big dream that's going to actually monetize and create a lifestyle for you. Those are critical, critical components to your character. And it's important to learn those and not have the distraction of life's distractions that can show up. If you can take that time and the confidence it takes for you to get out into the world by yourself and go discover who you are, will just come back tenfold to you and showing you so much more than you even knew about yourself. 100%. Man, I love that. It's beautiful. So you get married, and you're married for 13 years, and 11 of those years you were a stay-at-home mom, which is a challenging role in itself, so good on you. Knowing what you do now, walk us through that journey of 13 years to where it finally didn't work anymore. Well, you know, he was a Navy commander in the U.S. Reserves and Navy Reserves. And so, and he worked two jobs and he was a great provider. And what we were really good at was being logistical partners. We were really awesome at that. And we didn't, unfortunately, have any family in town near us at all to watch the kids and allow us the opportunity to get away as man and wife and really engage in the playfulness side of an adult relationship and marriage and date nights and different things like that. And with him doing the two jobs, he did a lot of extra two week duties throughout the year to keep that one income going to support us. And so then when he would get home, there was lots of, you know, fixing the car, keeping up the yard, all the other stuff too. And then, you know, for me raising the kids a lot on my own, then there was a, Hey, you know, can you take them so I can get a little time off and, So we just became really logistical roommate type couple and just didn't really do a great job in holding it together with the fun and the playfulness and the the intimacy side of the the marriage and the relationship that's really required. And so over time, um, we just grew distantly apart and didn't really have the tools and the ability and the equipment in our tool bags to really bring it back together on our own. And when one person's just not willing to get in and fight for it in the way that another person is, you really just, it's really hard to make it work. So yeah, I love that you said it that way. Yeah. I love that you said it that way. Jim Rohn, who was the mentor of Tony Robbins has a, a tape I listened to years and years ago and he's standing in front of a crowd and he asked the crowd this one simple question. The question he asked is if you're looking at a marriage, and you were to divide that marriage up on responsibility to work on that marriage on a scale of zero to 100. What percent of the responsibility of that marriage as a couple is on the husband and what percent is on the wife? Me being a young buck, I was like, it's 50-50. And, of course, I'm listening to the tape so he can't hear me. But I'm glad of because somebody in the, his crowd did the same thing, and they're like, it's 50-50. He goes, no. 
It's 100, 100. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I'd say it's 110. Right? 110. You, know, <laughs> you both got to be 100% in all the time. Absolutely. Every day, with it's always a choice, and you got to choose it every day. Yeah. Marriage is not an easy thing unless, you know, you're like my family, and I come from good stock, I tell everybody. I mean, my wife and I just celebrated 12 years. Congratulations. Thank you. Her parents, before her dad passed away this year, did 46. My parents just did 46. Oh, and then my brother and his wife have got to be going on 30, if not more. So we just come from good stock, which we both went into a relationship saying, you know, we're all in, through thick and thin. You know, but I also tell her all the time, I'm like, you know, if you leave me, I'm marrying for money and not love anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, my husband at the time, he was very fortunate to have the parents that were together, I think, uh, probably almost 60 years, you know, and I come from divorce. I was eight years old when my parents divorced and I knew that he would have, he would have probably just stayed in it just because it's what you do. But I know for myself, that's just, I didn't want my children to learn that that's what a marriage is like for a man and a wife and just keep those patterns going just for the sake of, because you just stay together, you stay together. I want them to learn that you can be in love and excitement and fun and laughter and playfulness and, you know, and sleeping together and and intimacy, not finding one of us on the couch and not being together and, and, you know, sharing a bedroom and, it just wasn't what I wanted for my kids or for myself. Well, and I love the fact that you're talking about the play side of things because, you know, my wife still works a full-time job. I run my full-time business. And, you know, we're both up 5 o'clock every morning. We both get home after 7 o'clock at night. And, you know, when she walks in, I'm cooking dinner and still working. You know, so we had to put a rule in place that by eight o'clock, I've got to be done with work, you know, so we can sit down and spend some time together. But up until this trip that we went to in Ireland not too long ago, we had not done anything really together because it just wasn't time. We own a full farm. So on the weekends, we're, you know, managing that full time, you know, so, you know, I really enjoy the fact that you're talking about bringing the play and everything else into the relationship because at the end of the day, if you're not having fun with each other, it'll stop becoming fun in all places. In all places. And that's so true. And I really, I really see that with my clients too, that there's a common ingredient is where the communication broke down, intimacy stops and the playfulness and the fun was not present anymore. And when you have those three components, it's just an inevitable, it's going to lead to an ending. Yeah, Absolutely. Or it's going to lead to hitting, you know, that bottom to say, okay, you know, let's go get some help outside of ourselves. This is bigger than what we can manage ourselves because I'm still all in, you know. Yeah, and, and that's that's I think the key to anything is they both got to still be all in. So you're now a love coach. Is that is that the right way of saying it? A love and lifestyle coach. Yeah, I, I like I like love coach just because it's got a nice little funny twist to it. So, what does that mean to be a love and lifestyle coach? So I feel very strongly that our success is directly related to how much we love ourselves with self love and caring and putting ourselves as a priority. That when you're whole and solid and good in loving who you are and accepting who you are then the strength goes out from there. And then you're able to create and achieve anything you put your mind to. The roadblocks and the obstacles that 
oftentimes people experience, why am I not getting here? Why not achieving there? And they think they're doing all the effort that it's taking to get there and not getting that, that traction and the momentum. It's take a look inside, take a look in the mirror that it's often going to lead back to something inside of yourself. It's a limiting belief that you have about yourself or somebody's imposed on you that you've taken on to believe is true or something like that. And so when we, that all gets cleared out and you really move into that place of true acceptance of who you are and loving you and believing in your, your abilities, you can, you can accomplish anything. So love and lifestyle because it's about a heart-centered space of self-love. And then from there, you can step out into strength and design a lifestyle that you love living. So is that what you did? Because, you know, on one hand, you're a love and lifestyle coach who's been divorced, where some people were like, well, she couldn't make it work in her world, so how is she helping others? And I would challenge that statement with simply, (laughs) she's probably one of the best to teach it, because she can tell you everything she did to screw up along the way. Is that how you see it? Is Is that what you're doing with all this? Hey guys, it's Donnie here, and I just want to let you know that we've recently launched a content development company, and this company helps people get social content. You know you need to put out a lot of content nowadays to get engagement out there in all your social platforms, but we've come up with a really cool way to help you get videos, blog posts, memes, social posters, and infographics for you know, whatever social site you need. So check us out at successchamps.us and learn more about how you can get social content for your social media. Support for this podcast comes from Point Blank Safety Services and Blue Family Fund. Point Blank Safety Services does safety differently. We know everyone is on a journey and we want to make sure you get where you're going safely. Professional, trained, ready. There's really no comparison. Here's why hiring Point Blank Safety for your next project will make all the difference and save you huge amounts of stress and hassle. Point Blank Safety Services provides certified, uniformed police officers for a full suite of armed guard services. Don't leave the safety of your project to chance. If you're ready to make sure safety truly comes first for your next project, then visit us at pointblanksafety.com. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm still in, I'm still in the process. I mean, it's, I'm post year nine years divorced. It'll be 10 next summer. And I'm still in that process of creating and designing and building the life that I love living. I haven't arrived at it yet, but I'm thriving. You know, I'm not in survival mode. I'm not in the fear mode. Leaving your marriage is is not an easy decision to make. And when you pridefully hurt somebody who is stuck in the pride place, place, they can make it very difficult for you. <laughs> yes. So, so that journey that I've had to journey through to get to the freedom that I am today has taught me a lot about myself. I'm not a woman built to break. And sometimes those emotions of hurt and revenge and if you're not going to be happy with me, then I'm going to make sure you're not happy out without me can make it very, very difficult. And yet, I understand, you know, where he was coming from and what helped me get through it was I would always just close my eyes and throw my, myself up and say, forgive him for he knows not what he does. He's just hurt. 
So that allowed powerful. me to stay on that higher road when any time there was, you know, a, a ball thrown at me, standing at the plate again, trying to hit me, you know, that I could just see that it was coming from a source of pain. And particularly now that I've started my coaching business and I, I have some, some men that come into my tribe and I've had some male clients really has shown me that they hurt too. They just deal with it differently. And, you know, so many of the women that I coach and encounter talking to, they think that the men don't feel anything. <laughs> they don't hurt. And it's so not true. It really isn't. And that's been a real eye opener too. So I always encourage my clients and people to just take that higher road and don't go to that lower energy space of those kinds of feelings because in the end it really only hurts the kids involved and, and the other person, not you. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I love that because, you know, I tell everybody, you know, I didn't fully figure myself out and I'm still learning about myself. Don't get me wrong until I jumped out of my own, started my own business. You know, a mentor of mine said, you'll never figure out more about yourself until you try and run your own business because now you're stacked up against it on a regular basis and you're going to get punched in the face by life on a regular damn basis. And God, I wish he wasn't so right because, you know, running a business and figuring out, it's been a, a bitch of a journey for me to constantly figure it out, you know, so, but it's the same thing for relationships is you've got to go through it to become it. And, you know, I often find with my friends that have been in bad relationships or divorces is one of the parties wasn't bringing everything to the table. You know, it's always one person is giving more than the other. But if you ask them, they're both giving 100%. But from an outside perspective, you can always see it. Mm -hmm. So it's very, very interesting. So now you're speaking on stages. You're standing in front of the rooms. In Donnie's terms, you're unleashing your inner badass and, and going for it. You know, where do you see all this taking you? Are you going to be the next Dr. Phil or, you know, Oprah? Or? Well, you know what I say, Donnie, is that I'm on a, I'm on a mission for a love movement to really create a love, global love movement. I love that. And what I mean by that is, you know, we have a major epidemic going on with this divorce rate. And the way that, you know, mainstream media is changing the culture of family and what a family looks like and genders and different things like that, that I'm on a mission to really make an impactful difference and get people to join me in this, to start changing those statistics and start bringing back the family principles in um, lowering the divorce rate, keeping people in love, keeping people committed. So first there's divorce prevention, but for those then that, you know, can't hold it together then to help empower them along the way to minimize the useless suffering that we put ourselves through when we go through that journey so that they can get to seeing the future sooner with some hope to move forward and create a life that they can thrive in and not be fearful and survive in. I also see with that being in the media and on stages internationally to be speaking about the topic and really change the way we globally approach the taboo of divorce and talk about it and really start crusading to get life skills taught in high schools and colleges and younger people about the cycles of marriage and relationship dynamics and stuff and give them tools so that they learn how to stay in love. Because if somebody would have taught me or I had known about that there's life cycles in marriage, 
that they're, and I don't know specifically what they are, but let's say there's a dip at, at year seven, that it's normal to feel like you're thinking, maybe I'm not in love with this person. And that that's just part of the natural cycle. It's just a dip. And that eventually it's going to go back up again. And that's normal. You might not, you might realize through that, okay, and get that more stick to inness to stay because you realize it's a normal pattern that happens when you're 10, 15 years, 20 years married. But we aren't educating people with this information. So it's my mission to really start joining forces with other people to really start getting this national and international attention so that we can find a way to create um, happier families, which will create lower the depression rate and suicide rate and teens and, and adults and just impact it in so, such a powerful way. Very cool. I love the fact that you're trying to create a movement. So it's a big vision. Yeah, no, I, I love, well, there's, there's a video, um, I believe it was a TED talk about starting a movement. And in the video, you have some sort of concert going on. And there's one guy standing out on this lawn. And I mean, there's a crowds around him, but with this one guy, he just starts this obnoxious dancing. I mean, it's, it's so out of place that it's funny. Well, this guy, obviously in his own world, doing this weird <laughs> jumping around dance, another guy comes over with his buddies, and you can basically see him say, watch this, and he goes up and he starts dancing like the guy to make fun of him. Well, next thing you know, I've seen it. Yeah, somebody else follows in, and for too long, everybody's up and everybody's dancing. Everybody's following, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, you know, somebody's got to start the movement. And I love the fact that you've kind of put your torch, lit your torch up and said, you know, follow me here, let's going, you know, and get going. And you're right. Marriage, divorce is a very, very taboo subject because it requires an individual to let their guard down enough to say, I need help. And that's just not something that happens. As I mean, you can throw divorce up there with talking about you know, sex or, you know, any other taboo subjects up there. So I love the fact that you're trying to tackle it. It's interesting to me that you want to take it into the schools and start teaching those things because I've said all along, I wish people would have taught me how to balance a checkbook. I wish they would have taught me, you know, what finances were. Don't know if I would have sat through any of those classes, but it'd been nice to have those type of classes. How do you think you're going to tackle that? How do you think you're going to try and take it into schools to teach those life skills, you know, early on to the youth? I haven't thought that far yet, but I've been pretty actively involved in my kids' charter school. And I took on a school district with the rallied up a bunch of parents behind us and we pulled off a public hearing that convinced them not to close the doors. So I know that. You know, when I get to that level and get to that point in my business to start taking it down to that level, something will break open, you know, or through my journey as I'm speaking, empowering people and, you know, helping people push past their limiting beliefs and see that divorce isn't an, isn't an ending. It's a beginning and it's a new opportunity. It's an empowering time. It's just there's nobody there to show you and tell you that it's an empowering time. That's what, That's why I'm here. And I know in that process, I'll meet the connections, kind of like you doing that event we talked about. And then you got the angel investor guy who invited you to talk. It'll be something like that. And then it'll go from there. It is also, I'm writing a program right now. I'm designing to go so I can go to churches and invite churches to allow me to come in and teach love shops on divorce empowerment. Because when I came out of my divorce, 
there really wasn't anything like me. And I would have loved to have had somebody like me at that time when I was going through it, hyperventilating on the floor, wondering if I'm going to really get through this. And to have somebody who would have been there saying, you're going to be okay, you know, would have been huge. Because family and friends, it's a different support system because they can't be unbiased. Mm -hmm. And so in that process, I know something will break free. You know, something will come up and that opportunity will come. And so writing this program for the churches, because the only thing I did find was one program that the church had. And it was a good program, but it really felt very Christian Bible study type group. And that wasn't fitting for what I was needing. I was needing other people who could relate to what I'm going through. He's either already gone through it or is going through it too. And we sit and talk about it and have exercises that really dive deep into the core issues that are hard to talk about, but purge the vulnerability and the tears because it's healing. It allows the healing to happen so that then you can get through that faster so you can start moving forward and not stay in that fog and that funk too long. So sounds I'm really like there's your that. first funky dance. Huh? It sounds like that's your first funky dance Yeah, is yeah. to put that group together, knowing what you want and build it and, and then create a movement around it. Yeah. Um, well, I do have a tribe right now. I do some meetups. I have some tribe in my meetups that are coming that are very, they come every month religiously and they're very committed and get a lot out of the group. So um, that's awesome. Have that. But yeah, church is one of the ones that I do have some focus on for sure is getting that support in those communities. So let's get tactical for just a moment. If somebody's recently divorced, because it sounds like that's where you spend a lot of your time with what you're coaching and, and whatnot. If somebody's recently divorced, what are some strategies and things that they can put to place for their life to be okay with themselves again? The most important thing I say to start off first is really develop the discipline in your day for some self-care. It's something that I didn't do a good job at being a young, I mean, a mom of young ones at the time. My kids were eight and 10 at the time. I got court ordered out of my house and had to go and create a place to live. And at a very, you know, I had a pretty hammered timeline to get it all done and adjust my kids emotionally, adjust me emotionally, all that kind of stuff that I didn't really set the time aside to take care and nurture me and the emotions that I was moving through. And so it's really critical to take that time, even if it's just 15 minutes a day, whether it's meditation, prayer, talking on the phone with a friend, reading a book, taking a bath, going for a walk, walking the dog, sitting in the dark in silence. That helps me sometimes. Just really creating that discipline is critical. And then really reaching out to find a support group. You know, I, I provide a meetup group that's here locally, finding something like that that gets you around like-minded people that are going through the same struggle is really key too because the sooner you learn that you're not alone and that what you're feeling is is absolutely normal for the process that you're in really helps a lot too. No, that's awesome. And, you know, I'd encourage people, you know, we're going to get all Terry's contact information here for too long to reach out to her, but hell, start your own. You know, if, if you can't find that support group in your area, create your own. I know I had a Danielle Baldino on the show a couple months back and she had a tremendous drinking problem and she attempted to go to an AA meeting and it was such a bad experience in AA. And I'm not knocking AA by any means, it's her words. And, but she had such a horrible experience at that AA meeting that she created her own. 
And now in California, around the San Diego area, there's this huge woman's get-togethers that they do all the events where alcohol is typically found, but they bring all the women together and just non-alcoholic. So they go do, you know, tours and after hours and all kinds of stuff, but just creating a support system of non-drinking you know, in that world. So I really enjoy the fact that you're tackling this because, you know, this is a big deal and it's going to take a strong damn person to pull this off. Why do you think you're that person? Why do you think that you are the one that can hold the torch and look at the world and one of my other fun favorite sayings of, hey, hold my beer, watch as I change the world? You know, being a child of divorce too, having that behind me and really going through that process has really shown me now how it prepared me. Now, of course, it wasn't my goal to get divorced. It wasn't, would have loved to have stayed married, but it prepared me with the skills and the ability to move my children through the process a bit better than how it was handled with me. So that, that part of it, and also going through it as a child and now as an adult. Also, I love people. I've always loved people. So to think of me like the bean counter, that's why I got into HR too. I needed the people side of things. Numbers just happened to be something I was good at. Math and science was my thing and I could create a living off of it. But, you know, I was a girl at 17 years old in the kitchen with my dad when he asked me, what do you want to do with your life? And I said, I want to help people, dad. And he said, no, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. You just listen to people's problems all day, and you don't make a lot of money doing it. You want to do business. So I sold myself out at that time for, you know, wanting his approval. And I exceeded over there, but it's never left me. And even when I was a young girl, I had my little pink palace room. I had everything you could imagine. Waterbed, stereo, telephone, vanity, Sean Cassie on the walls, Barbie doll and Ken. I always played house, and I always played autonomously with myself, creating love and family. It's just always been who I am. Hearts and love are my thing. So I'm also a very strong, independent woman, and I love communicating. I like to break below that ice, the tip of the iceberg very quickly. I've been told all my life, why am I telling you this? I've never told anybody this before. I've been told you're so powerful. It makes me feel my powerlessness. And I'm like, well, join on so you can get more powerful, you know, <laughs> just who I am. So it's just my passion. My passion. No, I love it. I'll be the lightning rod. It's okay. I can take Hell it. Hell yeah. I tell everybody, I'm like, look, either you carve the trail or you find another bar badass who's carving the trail and jump on with them. So I love the fact that the lightning rod, I haven't heard that one. I love that. So I'm a pretty strong swimmer too, so I can swim upstream. <laughs> Because <laughs> I know eventually it leads to a nice, calm eddy or lake or something. You Absolutely. Know? <laughs> and you usually got the best views once you get to the top. You know, so that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Terry, this has been a lot of fun. How do people get in touch with you? How do they find you? Well, I have my website, blissifyyourlife.com. What is it? Blissifyyourlife.com. Okay. And you can also reach me through email at love at blissifyyourlife.com. And I do often get asked, what does blissify mean? And that is a word I did make up. And it means uh, creating pure happiness and bliss from a heart-centered space of self-love. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. blissify your life is where you can find me and love at blissifyyourlife.com. 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, Mr. Terry, here's how I like to wrap up every show. And I do stump some people with this, so get ready. Okay. Uh, if you were going to leave the champions who listen to this show, entrepreneurs, business people, people struggling with their journey, you know, people that are just going through life, figuring their things out. What would be that quote or phrase, maybe mantra or saying you would say as you're going through, remember this. Remember the inner greatness that you were born with that never, ever leaves you. And get quiet with yourself. Don't be afraid to be alone with yourself. And get in that solitude so you can hear your soul's whisper that's guiding you to be the light that wants to shine through you. Beautiful, beautiful. You should figure out how to fit that all on a T-shirt. Well done, well done. Well, Miss Terry, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing your journey with us. Appreciate it very much. Thank you for having me, Donnie. Thanks for listening to Donnie Success Champions podcast. If you'd like to hear more about our current guest today, or if you'd like to hear stories from our other guests on the show, come hang out with us on our website at successchampspodcast.com. I really appreciate you tuning in. If you need to reach out to me for any reason, you can catch me at Donnie at DonnieBovine.com. Kevin and I have a lot of fun each week recording these episodes and sharing our best thoughts and ideas with you all. Man, we're just proud to to have you guys as listeners always tuning in. And we really appreciate the messages. We get the DMs, the emails, and the likes from you guys with questions and ideas for future shows. And that just means the world to us. We really are changing how the world networks. We've poured our heart and soul into Success Champions Networking, and it continues to grow. So if you haven't checked out a chapter and you're looking for a mastermind group of pure, absolute badasses that understand that giving introductions are way more powerful than referrals, go to successchampionnetworking.com and request a visit. And thanks for being you. Thanks for being a champion of your success, because that's what it means to be a success champion.